Hi, this is JP Uish from Wolfish Bay, Namibia. Um, I'm here to share the word again with you. And I've been speaking about oneness, uh, the economy of grace. That was in our previous part one of this message. This is now part two of the economy of grace within oneness. And um, let's, just, let's just backtrack quickly to what I said in the previous session uh, that that there is an economy in God that is available that we must understand and in this economy what is being distributed and what is being consumed is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of God according to Ephesians chapter 3 verses 2 where Paul says if you have heard of the dispensation or another translation economy of God that has been given to me for you so it is the distribution or the administration of the grace of God that has been entrusted to Paul for the benefit of others. So what is Paul distributing? He's distributing grace to the body of Christ for the edification, the upbuilding, and the proper functioning of the body of Christ. In Acts chapter 4, we, we read how that... How how that when great grace was upon them all, and the next verse says, and there was none of them that lacked, and they began to distribute their possessions and lay them down at the feet of the apostles. And the Bible says, and the apostles distributed as every man had need. The apostles were in the administration of what was given to them, and distributed that and faithfully administrated um, the, 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 the resource and the supply that was given to them for the needs of others. Not only were they faithful, but also the saints were faithful to administrate what was within their hands and what they had. And so there's a, this economy. There was a distribution. There was a demand. There was a supply. There's a whole economy at work here within the household of God. And, and the word economy means the management of household resources or material things or the administration of it. So let's look at this word. And I want to look at grace now, not in terms of your salvation, but in terms of how it meets your need, your physical need, not necessarily your spiritual need now, that's not my focus here, but because in Acts chapter 4 it says that great grace was upon them all and it met the physical needs of the people. And, and I believe that this is a solution for us and this was, was within oneness, the corporate, the corporate body of Christ. Right. So go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, something... Uh, very important to understand in these verses. So 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 1, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Uh, verses 2, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. 
Verses 3, And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, them will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. And if it, uh, and if it be meet that I go also, um, they shall go with me. So in this, in this few verses, we read of how Paul instructs the church of Corinthians um, how they should um, how they should handle their, their offerings and their givings. So he says, when you come together, uh, the collection for the saints. So they were, they were going to take up an offering for the saints. And we know that this is now not sheep and goats and this was money because they had to travel with this collection, this offering, all the way from Corinth to Jerusalem and faithfully administrate this collection. So um, it, it, is, it is money that they're taking up. There's a collection that is being taken, and this collection is for the saints, and this, these saints are the saints in Jerusalem. And what Paul says here is that as they take up the collection, as God has prospered every man and every man gives, and they take, collect that which every man has given. He says, when you have approved or when you have shown to me or um, given me an indication who will, will be traveling with this, with this offering that you are giving to the saints in Jerusalem because you need somebody that's faithful. There's no EFT. There was no banking system. Um, this is just them saying, this is just somebody has to travel uh, distances with feet or however he was going to travel, whether by ship or sea. Um, he had to travel with this and you had to know that the guy that you have given the money to was trustworthy and that he would bring, bring that money to the people that for whom it was intended for. And so they had to get somebody. And now what, what was so enlightening to me was this verse in verses 3 when Paul says, And when I come, whomsoever you shall approve by your letters, then will I send to, uh, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So Paul is saying, once you guys have collected, uh, of collected all the offerings and that which people have given, um, I will then send that collection with somebody all the way to Jerusalem. But he calls, what's so interesting here is he calls that collection, he calls it a liberality. And I thought, liberality, what is he trying to say now? And the word, but I looked up the Greek word liberality, and the Greek word here is actually charis. In other words, it's grace. So Paul is saying your offering, your material, your monetary offering that you've just given is now, he is saying, it's grace. It's a liberality. There's a freedom um, because it was given in the spirit of grace, of freedom, liberality, um, no grudging, no, not of necessity, but you chose from your own heart, gave with a cheerful heart, 
and you gave. He says that offering is now no longer just seen as money. It is seen as grace. And so the person that you are sending all the way to Jerusalem, um, you are sending with that offering all the way to Jerusalem, that person is no longer just carrying money. He's carrying grace to the saints. And so when the saints receive that offering, that collection from this man, this messenger that is traveling with this money, when the, what are they going to receive? They're not just, when they receive that money, when they receive that offering, and when that offering is distributed unto them, they are not just receiving money, they are receiving grace. So grace, grace, what they met, they, what, what met their need? It was grace, though they received money, something material. But what met them was grace. Why? Because the manner in which the people gave from Corinth, if they gave freely, if they gave cheerfully, not of necessity, not grudgingly, but they gave in the same way that God gives. He gives freely to us all. And so our giving must represent the grace of God. And so when they gave that way, their money were now, was now grace. And so when they sow, what were they sowing? They were now not just sowing money, they were sowing grace. And so if they sow bountifully grace, what would they reap? Grace, but it would come back materially to them and it meets their physical need. So what met the needs of the saints in Jerusalem? Grace, but how did they receive it? By finances, by money, by an offering, by a collection that was taken for them. And this really opened my mind when I saw this and the Holy Spirit began to speak to me and explain to me how that when I give, it must be the gift of grace that I am giving. Whatever I give, I must see to it that it carries that it, that it is given in the same spirit in which God gives grace, graciously. Um, the spirit of generosity, not, not, without, no, uh, not seeking any return, um, giving it freely, not wanting anybody to work for it, not wanting anybody to, to, to feel that he owes you something, but that you give in the same spirit freely, grace, grace. And this is what happens when grace comes upon us. Grace begins to have an effect upon our hearts that we give in the same way that it becomes grace. And when we give grace, God is able to make all grace abound towards us that we have all sufficiency for every good work, always for every, everything that we need. And when you understand this, it makes total sense. It may, just makes total sense when you read now Second uh, Corinthians chapter 9, let's read it here. It says, from verses 5, he says, Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort you, brethren, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, where you had noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as a matter of Covetousness. Paul says, I'm going to send somebody to you ahead of time so that you can prepare your offering so that you, and this is why I did it, and I did not do it because I was covetous or I was after your money or your material things. 
I sent them just um, because I wanted to, because I boasted about you. I was, I was um, just praising you to other churches and talking about you. And I, and I didn't want to come and then be embarrassed by what I said. So I thought it necessary to send somebody to you so that you could prepare your offering in advance. Uh, and out of a matter because, uh, out of bounty, he says, because you had enough and because God had prospered you and not because I was covetous or desired your things. Verse 6, but this I say, then he says, but this I will say, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Verse 7, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always, uh, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now when you look at this, um, when we understand what 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verses 1 to 4 has just explained and showed us that their monetary giving was seen as grace and not just as money. So, so what we need to step into is, is not just giving money, but that our giving also becomes grace. And when we give grudgingly or out of necessity, we are not giving grace, we are giving money. But not grace. Because when it has to be grace, it needs to come in the same manner in which you received from God. What did you receive from God? Grace. But what does the Bible call it? It calls it that you've received the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. So whatever you have received, you received it freely from God the Father through our Lord Jesus Christ. You received it freely. You are saved by grace and, and through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So when we give, it must also be freely. When we administrate, when the finances come into our hands, when the material possessions that we have, when it comes into our hands, we have to administrate them. We have to make sure that when we give them in service of God and, 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 to, and to work on His behalf, it must be given cheerfully. It must be given in the spirit of grace. We must give freely. We must give without fear. We must not give grudgingly. We must not give out of necessity. But we must give freely. We must give freely. We must give freely. It must be a liberality. There must be a, a freedom to our giving. And so what Paul was saying here is that when you sow, now you will take your money and you will give, sow. But if you sow grudgingly, out of necessity, out of fear that you will not have again, and so now you sow, you, you are just sowing money, but you are not sowing grace. And so what happens is, is that there won't be all grace abounding towards you. 
that all things will be needed, that in every area of your life there will not be a lack, according to how God, how God increases you. So, so he says here, so as you, as you sow your finances, but you give it freely from your heart, without fear, and you, and you give it in a way that whoever receives it doesn't have to earn it, doesn't have to, uh, that there's no debt to it, but it's just freely from your heart, and that it would, and that you would seek that that giving would represent the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What you are now doing is you are no longer sowing money, you are sowing grace. And so what are you going to reap? You're going to reap grace. And so as you sow grace, as you give grace, as you distribute grace, as you administrate the grace of God, what will happen is that God will make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in every good work, that you will be able to do all that you need to do God will meet your need. So when you receive, just like the Jerusalem saints, as they receive the collection uh, from the saints in, in, in Corinth, and the messenger brings those, that offering to the saints in Jerusalem, just as they, though they are receiving money in their hands, but at the same time, they are receiving grace. So if God makes all grace abound towards you, and it meets even your physical needs, it will come in the form of somebody giving you money, in the form of a job opportunity. You, you, all of a sudden a job will come that, that you don't know, I didn't earn that, I didn't work for that, I don't know how I got that opportunity. Um, doors will open that you didn't work for, and we call this favor. And that's what grace is, when grace is in our lives, it, it manifests as favor, it produces favor. Things that we, and, and we know we call favor undeserved, we call grace undeserved. When you give your money, when you give in that way from your material possessions in a way that it represents the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and it's given freely in that way, what happens is what you will be receiving is just in the same way that you gave it. You gave it freely. You receive an opportunity freely. You receive a door that opens for you into a business opportunity, a contract or something will happen to you. Undeserved. They will search you out. They will look for you. They will find you. Favor will locate you. The favor of God will find you and will bring things to you that you did not deserve. And all that will come to your mind is that this is nothing else but the goodness and the favor of God in my life. Why? Because I'm a distributor of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I say to you and I encourage you, do not hold back with what you have in your hand. Jesus said, Jesus said when he came, when he fed the 5,000, the multitude, um, they, there was a great demand. The demand was that 5,000 people were hungry. But the supply was only five loaves of bread and two fishes. And the, and the, and the, the apostles asked Jesus, how can five loaves and two fishes this meet the need of 5,000? But the miracle of grace is 
that when you distribute grace, it multiplies in the distribution. And, and so what did Jesus do? He took that five loaves. The Bible says he lifted up his eyes. He blessed. He blessed and gave thanks unto our Father. And the word thanks there means uh, Eucharist. It, 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 it has in it two words, you and charis, grace, and you, which means to speak well, and, and to praise, and to Lord, and so on. And so what happens is, is that this, this thanksgiving, he generated, he imparted into that bread, that physical bread that they gave. When it was in the hands of Jesus, the administrator of the possessions that comes into his hands, Jesus took that bread and imparted into it grace. So when he distributed to his disciples, who then distributed to, to the rest of the 5,000, so there was a distribution. So when, they, when he distributed to his disciples, he was no, not just distributing bread anymore. It was grace that was being distributed. And what happened was, that when grace was being distributed, all of a sudden, grace was multiplying as it's being distributed. And grace, the miracle of provision that came through the grace of God, was meeting the need of 5,000 people. And the key was, the key was to distribute, to give. So the minute Jesus distributed, he was stepping into an economy that was available all the time there, waiting for us to distribute in the right way. And the problem, the problem is, is that in a time like this, we will hold to what we have. Fear will grip us. And what you need to do is, your heart needs to be free. You need to be set free. And when you give in this way, what happens is that, that God will ensure that you are able to continue giving because the miracle of provision will come to you. When we look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9, you see that verses 9 says, As it is written, He has dispersed abroad, He has given to the poor, His righteousness remains forever now righteousness is is that is you doing it according to the way that god desires you to do something if god says i want you to walk one step in front at a time left foot right foot don't jump Just take one step at a time and you obey that that is you being righteous, walking the way that God wanted you to walk. And if you jump, then you will be considered, in a very simple way I'm trying to explain, will be considered as unrighteous. So when you give the way that God has defined for you to give, it is considered, in your giving, it is considered righteous. So now God says, I want you to give not grudgingly, not out of necessity, not because somebody forced you, 
not out of fear, but I want you to give, and I want you to give with a cheerful heart, and I want you to give in a way that when, the, when it is released from you, it is, it is free, it is undeserved, that the person who is receiving it is receiving something that he has not deserved. He did not need it. He, he, he didn't ask for it. He didn't work for it. He didn't do anything. But you gave it freely. And God says, and when you give in that way, it becomes righteous. And when you give righteously, I will ensure that your righteousness remains forever. What does that mean? I will ensure that you continuously give the way you are giving. You have given and I will make sure that you give again in the same way. So you have dispersed abroad, you've given to the poor. I guarantee you that you will continually disperse and give to the poor. You will, month after month, you will disperse, give to the poor. Month after month, you will give and give and give because you give in the way that I want you to give. And so it is very important, listen carefully to me as I, as I end off in this, in this part two of this message. Very, very important. Please understand that you need to give, that your giving is as a gift of grace. And, and I'm not just talking about finances. The spirit of generosity is that you have that your life is given. You give a word of encouragement. You give a word of prophecy, which is, which is grace. You give a word of knowledge. You, you pray for somebody for healing. You give an encouragement, a hug. You give money. Just give. Just give. Just give. Just give. Just look to give. Just look to give. And when you look to give in that way, it becomes grace. Grace upon grace. And you get grace and you give and it's grace again. And as you give, it just becomes grace upon grace. Out of His fullness, you continuously receive grace upon grace. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Um, I, I can't... We are five months in lockdown and I can't tell you how this is working in my life miraculously. How provision is coming to me miraculously. How God is taking care of our needs and not only our needs but my ability to meet the needs of others and providing and giving fin financially to them. And we're in lockdown. But I want to tell you that this is the miracle of provision. Why? Because when you distribute grace, grace will multiply while you give. And when you position yourself as a giver, God will ensure that you give. For He ministers seed to the sower. The one who is sowing continuously receives seed that he may sow. But while he receives seed, he also has received bread for him to eat. And so in his receiving, there is seed to sow, but bread to eat. And there is a cycle. There's a giving and there's a receiving. There's a giving and there's a receiving.
There's a giving and there's a receiving. There is an economy at work. The cycle is complete and you will enjoy what he must do. So um, you will enjoy what he's doing. I want to tell you, uh, God is able to meet your need. What do you have? Start giving. Start looking to give and you will be amazed and give it with joy. Give it freely. Give it in the spirit of grace. Represent, that it will represent the way God gave you your salvation. Freely, unearned, undeserved. And watch favor, watch doors open to you. Watch contracts come to you. Watch opportunities come to you. Freely, undeserved. Because you gave also freely. So I bless you. Enjoy the rest of your week. And may, may God make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency for every good work. God bless you and see you until next time.